Good day to you ladies and gentlemen and welcome to Film Focus, episode 35, The War for the Planet of the Apes Review. Ladies and gentlemen, the north, south, east, and west. I'm the Hypersonic 55, and welcome to another episode of Film Focus. I'm glad you decided to join me again for some film-related discussion. Today's episode is obviously a review, as you can tell from, like, you know, reading the description. Um, I will get back to those film-related, like, you know, topics at some point, but with the release of Spider-Man and now this film the week after, there was no way I was not going to talk about it. So yes, I get to talk about one of my most anticipated films of the year. Now obviously I've been saying that about a lot of films recently, but along with Logan, Spider-Man, and I think maybe Guardians, and the upcoming Thor and Star Wars film, this film was literally easily in the top three. And I am of course talking about War for the Planet of the Apes. Now, before I get into the review, let's go about and just do a bit of a history lesson. Now, I think we can all agree that, for the most part, we didn't expect the series to be as good as it was. Now, that's not to say that the talent involved wasn't going to, you know, deliver a really good, you know, piece of work. Obviously, back in 2011, when you had Rupert Wyatt and Andy Serkis, James Franco, and the people at where digital, you know, all coming together to go about and create the film that would eventually become Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Um, you know, we all sort of looked at the film beforehand and thought, you know, was was the reboot really necessary? Because we had that other reboot from two thousand and one, you know, Tim Burton's one, which I ended up seeing randomly on TV. I think a uh, good five or six or seven years later afterwards on TV, and you know, the makeup was good, but the overall story was just kind of pants, and. Before that, I'd never seen any of the Planet of the Apes films. I was aware of their existence, but I just never really cared for it. I just knew about the twist ending and knew about some of the stuff, and obviously Charlton Heston, but, you know, a lot of us just thought, you know, Planet of the Apes series, that sort of just died out in the 70s, and I guess it's just meant to stay there, right? I mean, that sounds like a very, you know, closed-minded kind of statement, but I think a lot of people, especially of my generation, no one really cared about Planet of the Apes, so... You know, with this reboot, it's like, oh, it looks kind of cool. You know, the CG looks cool. I like James Franco and uh, Andy Serkis, you know, motion capture. Great guy there. Like, this is probably going to be good, but I don't think anybody was prepared for how good Rise of the Planet of the Apes was going to be. Rise of the Planet of the Apes came out in 2011 and blew me and I think a good number of other people away. It was just such a great origin story, a great reboot slash prequel that just had... It set up so many great things. It had a great foundation for where it could go forward. Uh, the story was really engaging. The character of Caesar was really cool. Um, the action was pretty sweet as well. And the callbacks to the original series were pretty solid and spot on. Um, I remember watching the film with my dad and he was sort of noticing all the references to the older film as well. So it was great for you know people that were coming into this series fresh, but also people who knew what the series was beforehand. So with a great foundation, there was nowhere to go but up. And I didn't expect them to ascend as highly as they did because three years later we had Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and good gravy, what a great film that was. The summer of 2014 was just a good time. You had films like Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain America, Winter Soldier, and... 
I think Edge of Tomorrow came out that year as well, and this film, War for the Planet of the Apes, was just incredible. I was not expecting the film to be as character-driven and dramatic as it was, and the fact that it was so heavily focused on the ape-like characters, and the fact that they also had perfected the CGI and motion capture technologies to the point where they could have these characters on screen for so long, and have you care about them more than the human-based characters, it was insanity. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes was just such a beautiful, well-rounded film with a great soundtrack, uh, great effects, great character material, and, you know, the whole central story surrounding Caesar and Cobra and seeing where they went from the first film to the second film, it was just fascinating stuff. So, with the combination of what Weta Digital did, uh, Matt Reeves stepping in as the, uh, you know, new director and uh, obviously Andy Serkis' contribution to the film... You knew it was just an amazing team up, so when they said it was going to be a sequel, you knew it was going to be good. And uh, I'm just going to say it right now, War for the Planet Games, good gravy. Good gravy. I watched that film a few days ago, and i am still been thinking about it since. War for the Planet Games is literally one of the most incredible summer blockbusters I've ever seen in years. Because here's the thing, you have a certain idea of what a summer blockbuster is, but with these ape films, they always seem to, you know, just change things up and give you things that you're not expecting to see in these kind of, you know, films during this time of year. And War for the Planet Yates, good gravy. I hate to keep saying that, but it was so incredible. It was a film experience like no other. And I remember after I left the cinema, I was still thinking about it and having conversations with my sister about it after, you know, the film was over. I had to check out these reviews. And I think unanimously, for the most part, everybody agrees that War for the Planet of the Apes is just such a fantastic, emotional, dramatic, unexpected film to come out. And it joins the small group of films that are, you know, part of this incredible trilogy, along with Lord of the Rings, the uh, first three Bourne films, and the Toy Story films. Um, War for the Planet of the Apes was insanely good, and I will attempt to tell you why in this review without going into the area spoilers. So, as per usual with these reviews, I'll basically talk about the plot, the characters, the presentation then give you my overall thoughts and the conclusion so sit back relax and we will get through this thing together so the story for this film can be described as the following after the apes suffer unimaginable losses when they are discovered by a military group caesar and his apes are forced into a deadly conflict with an army of humans led by a ruthless colonel and that is the story of the film without going into the era spoilers what I loved about this film was not only how it was a continuation of the story that was laid out by the previous two films, but also how it was able to present a more dark, bleak, dramatic, and, you know, personal story. This film is primarily a story about power, revenge, emotional conflict, family, leadership, and making choices that could have major ramifications for both the short and long term. I also loved how the film presented both sides of the argument for why both the apes and humans should survive over the other. And while you are siding with the apes to live because obviously you've grown attached to them over the previous two films, this film does make a good argument for why the humans should stick around as well. Also, there were two things that this film done really, really well. It was tension and made me feel the emotions. Firstly, with the tension, straight from like, I think maybe what, the first 10 minutes of the film, you are presented with so much tension during some of these 
action sequences or some of these, you know, more subtle moments with certain characters where you're not sure what's going to happen. There's really good mystery and suspense that you just... While certain things do play out the way in which you expect, at the same time there are certain things that play out in just unbelievably crazy, shocking ways and you're just like, it's the lead up to those moments that are just too much for me. I have not felt tension like that in the cinema since I went to see Blair Witch and Get Out last year. And I think possibly when I saw Green Room as well. Just that feeling where you just don't know what's going to happen, the music and the pacing, the way in which you know, certain things are shot, and the way in which certain characters are going through certain situations, you're just like, I don't know what's happening, I felt like I was, you know, I stopped breathing a few times, and I had my hands over me, and I'm like, oh, God, film, just tell me what's gonna happen, tell me what's gonna happen, and I, I didn't like it, uh, it was great tension, but gosh, it put me, it, it gave me panic, I've never been so stressed out in a cinema this year at all, it, it's too much, and then there was the feels, I knew that I was going to feel something when I watched this film, but I didn't expect to feel as much as I did. The emotional material that goes on in this film, especially between the ape characters, what happened to some of the characters in the film as well, is just so powerful, so dramatic, and you are fully engaged and compelled by everything that's happening. You're just in there from start to finish. And when the film ended, good gravy, oh, I felt so much emotions I don't want to tell you what I felt but ladies and gentlemen if you have a rough idea you might be able to guess but ah, uh, emotions too much I felt so much joy and humor and happiness and sadness and gosh I went through an emotional rollercoaster watching the film it was it was intense too much tension too much drama I couldn't take it but it was bloody great at the same time and uh, finally, one thing that needs to be noted is that this film is very focused on story and character first. And while there are certainly moments where the action kicks off and things do get pretty crazy, I feel like some people will be disappointed because I have seen online that there were certain people who expected, you know, a proper war film where the humans go up against the apes and it's full on war and action and chaos. And while you get a little bit of that, it, this is that's not the focus of the film. And I feel like, to a degree, the marketing has done a bit of a misleading job giving you an idea of what this film is, you know, going to be. And I've seen some people saying that they were disappointed with the way in which the film turned out because it didn't turn out the way in which they expected. And granted, I feel a similar kind of way, but with what the film ended up giving you, I wasn't disappointed at all with the way in which the film turned out. I thought... War for the Planet of the Apes was had an incredible story um, with a lot of interesting twists and turns and surprises and while there wasn't that much action I didn't miss it because the character and story material was so compelling so it needs to be noted right now that you know if you're going into the film expecting more war and action material you will be disappointed but if you you know steady those expectations and just take what the film gives you I'm sure that you will be you know happy with what you've seen. When it comes to the cast, they were all really good. Strange thing is, there's only like two notable human characters and the rest of the characters that you'll, you know, really care about are all apes. And it's madness. But the actors and the people who worked on the visual effects have done such a great job of making you care about these characters to the point where... You know, you care about them more than the humans, and the filmmakers have, you know, perfected these characters to the point where they can be the central characters for about, what, 
80 to 90 percent of the film and you're still as engaged as you would be if these characters were human but they have such a human element to them now that they are just so compelling and whether they are characters that can talk or they are primarily like you know just using sign language throughout the film the they are so good the ape characters are fantastic and obviously we gotta start with my man Andy Serkis as Caesar oh gosh um Andy Serkis has impressed me with the Caesar-based characters since the first film. And as each film has come along, we've seen him grow and show up more as the character in the later films. When I was watching this film, I could see Andy Serkis' face and, you know, just performance through Caesar. It's not so much that we're just watching, like, you know, a CG ape character. We are seeing Andy Serkis' performance straight through, and he was incredible. The way in which he was able to emote, not only with his voice, but the sort of physicality of the character. It was so engaging, and I love Caesar, and the stuff that he goes through in this film is just so painful. This guy feels the weight of the world on his shoulders, not only trying to keep his eight people safe, but also, you know, feeling emotions and trying to make rational and irrational decisions. Caesar's story from where it started as this, uh, you know, ape who ended up, you know, being, you know, a little bit more nicer to humans because he was raised in a human-based environment to becoming a leader of his people and having to make these sort of tough decisions. It's just fascinating, engaging, emotional. Ah, oh, so good. Circus was amazing and the Caesar character was really great. Another character that I really loved was Maurice. Maurice has been one of my favorite characters since the first film and obviously if you've seen the previous films you know that these guys have a very tight bond. And to see how it's progressed and see how their relationship is in this film is just is beautiful. You are, you feel, you feel. And the same can be said for Rocket and, you know, the other gorilla character whose name I can't remember, but they are like, you know, this four squad group that have been together for the dawn of time. And it's interesting to see how these guys have progressed since the first film and how they've just become this wonderful little group of people. Um, you know, the core members of like the ape society and it's great. And there's some of these other, you know, other characters like uh, Caesar's son, Blue Eyes, or, you know, Lake, or the uh, other characters, they all have their moments to shine in the film as well. But the ape characters are all so good. And as for the human characters, Woody Harrelson, as a colonel, was magnificent. He was frightening, ruthless, and whenever he was on screen, he had a presence that was so magnetic. You feared this guy, and you didn't want to cross him, and you, you knew he was bad news from the time you saw him, but... He was a guy that said a lot of bad things, but when he when it came down to it, when he had to do, you know, the bad deeds, he did it well. Uh, Harrison was great, and I thought he made for a really good villain. And the character of Nova, played by Amia Miller, at least I think that's how you say her name, she was really good as well. She was so cute, and she did so well to act in this film with no dialogue and basically had to act primarily through facial expressions and physical movement. And much like Daphne Keene, who played X-23 slash Laura in Logan this year, we have another great, like, you know, little kid actress going out there and performing really well and, like, you know, just capturing the hearts of all of the audience. Uh, she was really good. Um... And I have to say that Steve Zahn as Bad Ape was great. He bloody stole the show. He's that weird sort of almost hairless ape that you see in, I think, was it one of the later trailers? And when you see him in the film for the first time, 
you do wonder if he's going to get annoying. I know that when I first saw him, I thought he was a strange, little quirky kind of character. But I did fear that he was going to piss me off with his sort of, you know, strange, uh, not very good social skills and, you know, just the quirky nature of his personality. But my gosh, when it comes down to it, he has these great moments of levity that just allow you to breathe, have fun, and just laugh at this guy's, you know, antics, and good gravy, he's, he was so funny, he came at just the right moments to lift the film up out of, the, you know, the more darker elements, and just, he made the film fun, he was so funny, and oh, I love the guy, he was great, he was so much fun, and now we have to talk about what was one of the highlight elements of the film? Obviously, we're talking about the presentation. And obviously, we got to start with the visual side of things first. Good gravy. The visuals in this film are so good. The cinematography was done really well. There was some great framing of some of these shots. The depth of fill was really good. I just like the way in which the color was used. Even though the color palette for this film is fairly dark there are especially some great moments for you know great lighting and contrast and striking colors to shine out even in the nighttime scenes as well the action sequences are also framed really well and i like the there was just some real if you just stopped and looked at the film and just paused it there was just some really nice well put together shots that were just you know whether they were interior or exterior they were great but then, of course, we got to talk about the CGI and the people at Weta Digital just did it again. They made something insane, so much more incredible than the last film. I remember the jump between Rise to Dawn was crazy. And obviously, you got way more close-ups of, you know, the apes' faces and, like, uh, some of their movements that just looked so much more realistic than it did before. But this film... You can't even tell that they're bloody CG characters anymore. Besides for some of the uh, more movement-oriented sections where characters are running around, even then, you you forget that these characters are, you know, um, performance-captured people in, you know, those suits with digital effects pasted on top of them. The visual effects are insane. There were several times where these characters are talking to each other, and you can just see in their faces that... It looks so realistic. It looks like it's like you could run over and touch them, and you could feel the skin, the hair. It reacted so well to the lighting and the rain. It looked so good, and it was it was to the point where I'm looking at these characters and I'm like, I swear that you could really pass off as absurdly good animatronics, or you know, just really good facial makeup because the faces, especially for characters like Caesar and Maurice and um, Rocket and some of the other core based characters. The CG is so good, and the way in which they interact with the human-based characters as well just makes it look really realistic. I don't know how they did it, but they make it look so realistic and insanely good. It bowled my mind, it hurt my head, but it was just fascinating to watch the entire time. Where are you guys are magic, and I can't wait to see what you guys are doing in future films. And also, the film score from my man, Michael Giacchino, is just... Amazing. I forgot to say, it's not Giacchino, it's Giacchino. But anyway, Michael Giacchino's film score is incredible. He not only borrowed really good themes from what he crafted in the previous film, but also added new material that was well suited for every scenario. Whether it was fear, 
mystery, tension, drama, uplifting, or anything else. He had all bases covered. And I remember just noticing the music straight away. It had a sort of old school, maybe like 1960s slash 1970s thriller, almost uh, horror kind of sound to it. But it was so good. And this is another one of those sort of soundtracks that, you know, proved that Michael Giacchino, when given the right material to work with, this guy is beastly. Such a great composer. And I, while I enjoyed the stuff that he did with Spider-Man, this was just, in my opinion, leagues ahead of just far more engaging. And it just had that dramatic, dramatic weight to it that just, whoo, floored me. So now it comes to our conclusion, and uh, War for the Gates, good gravy, that's amazing, so good. I, I, I can't decide if it's my favorite film of the year because, like, with Baby Driver uh, being my favorite film of the year at this current point in time, I was just like, I feel like I need to see at least both of the films twice in order to, you know, properly make that assessment. But I think it, it, it is because when I left that film the other day. I, I felt so much emotions, and again, I just didn't expect to feel as much as I did because War did so much to meet my expectations, exceed them, and give me what I didn't know I wanted in a film in at this point in time until now. War for the Planet it just had the drama. It had like you know, was it those nice little moments of humor? It had action where it needed to have action, but it also had a great central story with Caesar and the colonel and some of his other little core people and it just delivered on the promise of what was you know started in the previous two films it was a great central story for Caesar and just the visual effects were great everything was so good the only people that I feel would be disappointed with this film is ones that were expecting more uh, more of a collision between the apes and humans on a larger scale and thought that there was going to be more action in the film and possibly will be disappointed with the fact that the film is a little slow in the middle section, which I can see, but I didn't feel that in the film. I had a damn good time watching this in the cinema. I probably will watch it another, you know, two, maybe three times. War for the Planet of the Apes was fabulous. I think it is my favorite film of the year. And I recommend it. You have to check it out. Um, so good. Such a solid best trilogy that we've had since Toy Story 3 came out in 2010, mate. It needs to be seen by everybody. Check it out. I think you'll like it. So, ladies and gentlemen, now I turn it to you. What did you think of War for the Planet Apes if you've seen it? And if you haven't seen it, are you going to watch it? If you have seen it, where do you think it ranks in relation to Rise and Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, because I would like to know. If this is your favorite, if it's your least favorite, if it's somewhere in the middle, let me know. Comment in the comment section below, or you can hit me up on Twitter where I am at Hypersonic55 or at FilmFocus55, or you can email me at thehypersonic555 at gmail.com. Check us out on SoundCloud or iTunes. I think we may be moving to YouTube as well because now that I have the means of getting video editing back into the you know world, I might actually start uploading on YouTube as well. But you know we'll see how it goes. Check us out on all the uh, social media stuff. Well, we're primarily on Twitter, I guess. But yeah. Also check out my blog, thehypersonic55.wordpress.com, where I still do a lot of written reviews and other sort of things like that, so check that out. Anyway, anything you'd like to say about the podcast, 
any constructive criticism, basically, I welcome it. So yeah, that'll do us for another episode of Film Focus. Thank you for listening, as always, and just holler at me. I would love to hear what you have to say. So until next time, this is the Hypersonic 55, signing out. Peace! Mm-hmm.